It's AJ. And Dara. Here we are, Skeep da- Deep Skydiving. Skeep Diving. Skeep Diving. Skeep Diving. Yeah. Deep Skydiving, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Deep Sky. Deep Skydiving. Oh, she got it. Go ahead. I don't know. That's Go ahead. Not Do it really. again. I missed it. I don't, I don't have much more. Oh, all right. So, deep skydiving. Deep skydiving. Rolling. Yeah. All right, so. Well. You want to start it after the prayer? No. All right. Let's, let's go to the Father. <laughs> yes, we shall. <laughs> oh, man. Hallelujah. King, we just thank you right now. And we come to you as humble as we know how. First and foremost, we want to ask you to forgive us for any and everything in our life. That yes, may Lord. not have brought you any honor, Father. Anything that may have brought you dishonor, forgive us, Father. And just have your way at this time. I just thank you for life and love, Father. I thank you for friendship and companionship. Just have your way at this time. Be with us in our speech. Um, let us articulate and let the listeners receive, Father. You just yes, have your Lord. way at this time. Be um, Let us be transparent and be organic and be genuine. Yes, Lord. And let our words edify, let it build up, let it encourage, and let it bring togetherness in our community, build our relationship, and help build the relationships of those who, who are the hearers, who are listening, Father. And we just thank you, praise you. In your precious son, Yeshua name, I ask you all these things. Amen. To your glory be led, Father. Amen. 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 Welcome to Deep Sky Deep Sky Diving. Oh, she got it. Go ahead. I don't know. That's Go ahead. Not really. Do it again. I missed it. I don't have much more than that. Oh, all right. Still trying to figure out an intro. <laughs> but here we are. Skeep di- deep skydiving. Skeep diving. Skeep diving. Skeep diving. Yeah. Deep skydiving, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, um, yes. The podcast. Second episode. Technically third. We went ham on the first, just introducing ourselves. Yes. I am, again, Dara. And I am AJ. It's your boy. Thank you for tuning in once again. Um... We are so grateful to be here. Again, this is our what second time recording. Yes. And uh it's just been delightful. It's been a mm-hmm. it's been a road. But one thing I can say is teamwork makes the dream work. I'm so thankful for this girl right here. She just does not realize. <laughs> I don't think I could put it in words. No, I feel the same way. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but it does make a difference when you are in a team, when you communicate and so forth and so on. Yes. So Again, grateful to be doing this podcast, uh, again, a relationship podcast, but not just romantic. We're talking relationship with God, relationship with self, relationship with others. Yes. Platonic, business, all of it. Relationship, period. That's what we're here for. Yes, yes, yes. So So. before we get into uh, anything else, we wanted to kind of wrap up the last episode. Yes. um, The individualism. Go ahead. The individualism piece. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you something, though. Okay. I want you, I want your perspective uh-huh. on what you think a man's perspective of individualism is when oh. it when it comes to being in a relationship, marriage, parenting, and all that. Do you feel like a man loses his sense of individualism? I just want to hear a woman's perspective of what you think, how you what you think about men. What do you see? Okay, um, I do feel like a man does lose his sense of individualism, really depending on the man. But I just going back to what I said before, uh, mm-hmm. when you have there are some things that you have to shed in order to add other things. Mm-hmm. I think that that's pretty much the key. I think that there are a lot of men who crave 
you know, that sort of companionship. There's an incompletion that's that's felt. Mm-hmm. Um, so naturally, I think that when you bring somebody else in, especially your help meet, um, you are going to alter your life to make sure that that person is protected. Mm-hmm. And one thing I heard you say um, was that, you know, you were willing to put your things aside. I, I, I don't know if you remember saying this, but you were willing to put like your needs aside for, mm-hmm. you know, that person that you love. But you said you just kind of did it prematurely. And you said for real, for real, you would want to do that in marriage. And I think that yes. honestly, that's when it becomes real for for men mm-hmm. um, when it when it's that marriage piece. Yeah. So, of course, there are a lot of things that I feel like, you know, men are able to keep because that, that part that you said where men don't really change. I think that's the part of the individualism that they kind of like can, mm-hmm. you know, hold sacred to them is the fact that they really don't fundamentally change. Like I hear a lot of men say, you know, I'm the same dude, like, you know, yeah. you know, they get the same haircut, whatever. Yeah. Um, but essentially like the way in which they, you know, govern their lives. I, I feel like there's a difference when you are covering a family. So, I've spoken to, I spoke to some guys yesterday after church, and I spoke to somebody today. I spoke to a buddy of mine today. Mm-hmm. And we really, so we do, we, well, first of all, let me say this. Oh, I'm sorry. First of all, let me say this. Mm-hmm. In order to have a sense of individualism, you have to have a sense of self, like knowing who you are. Absolutely. And so I do encourage anybody before engaging in any type of relationship, platonic, romantic, business or whatever like you need to know who you are what it is that you bring to the table what it is that you have to be some you have to have a sense of security within yourself you got to be secure with yourself and so if you don't have any kind of security within self like if you're just a very insecure person and everything you won't have your own identity identity like a lot of people in relationships they find their identity in being with the person that they're with right which could be detrimental because if that relationship doesn't work or that person stops liking you or something, it makes you feel like you're not sufficient enough for a human, not just that person. It just makes you feel like you're not enough. Right. And so you do have to have a sense of self and have, be secure in yourself first and foremost, and I mm-hmm. encourage that. That's why I think everybody should heal. But with men, with us, it's crazy because 100% of the guys I talk to, they feel like this without saying they feel like this. But we naturally... And so just what you said I did with my ex, we naturally, being a husband for men that do desire to be married and to have kids, being a husband and a parent is already a part of our sense of self. It's already a part of our individualism before we even propose to somebody. Like a man mm-hmm. is not even proposing to a woman unless he has that self, of, unless being a husband is already a part of his individualism and mm-hmm. so I talked to a, d- a dude today and I asked him I said how much of your individualism do you feel do you feel you had to sacrifice or like give up mm-hmm. he said and I said on a scale from one to a hundred mm-hmm. percentage wise he said 30 percent and I was like the way he was talking before I thought he would have said like 60 percent or something but he mm-hmm. was like 30 percent and I said I want you to tell me your perspective of how much you think your wife had to give up you know what he said? What did he say? 80%. Wow. And so the crazy thing is, he, when I asked him that, is when it became a reality to him. Mm-hmm. But we unconsciously don't even think about that. Right. And the one thing, so I talked to a man yesterday. He's been married for 19 years now, I believe. 
Mm-hmm. Dude, I talked to today, they've been together 15 years. Um, my brother been with his lady. He known her since high school. I think he been with her about five years now or something like that. The other dude been with his wife. I think they recently got married like five years ago, but they got a child that's almost my age. So mm-hmm. they've been, you know, they met in college and they've been on and off together since then. The crazy thing is this. The dude that been in a relationship for 18 years, married, he said his he think his wife is just now really starting to get a sense of her individualism. Wow. The dude I talked to today, been mm-hmm. with his wife 15 years, he said he feels his wife is just now getting a sense of individualism. All of them have kids already and everything and gone through the process of not working, such and such. And, they, and I was like, wow, it's amazing that you say, like, She's just now. So what that shows me is women put off, at least from what we notice, mm-hmm. women put off themselves for a long period of time. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, wow, some marriages don't even make it 10 years. Mm-hmm. And it's by the grace of God that your marriage made it to 18 years and your wife is just now starting to seek fulfillment in life after 18 years. Mm-hmm. Like after 15 years, your wife is just now starting to get a sense of self in a sense of individuality in her own in her own life, in her own marriage, I was like, wow. And it made me think, like, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. Like, I want I want my wife to come into this marriage whole. I want, even through being a wife and being a, a mother, I want her to have a sense of individualism. I'm going to always encourage it. I want her to be her best self 100% of the way through. And I was just like, dang, it's crazy. Y'all been together so long. And... We don't put off that much, mm-hmm. but the wife, the woman puts off so much of herself for so long. And I was like, dang, that's before I wasn't thinking, I'm like, dang, that's unfair. But you know what I was thinking about, you know, as you were saying that is for a lot of men, the reality of becoming a father and a husband uh, happens, like you said, just before they're ready to do it. But mm-hmm. the reality of a woman is that we've been thinking, a lot of us have been thinking about it since we were taught about princesses and princes and castles, planning <laughs> weddings that we don't even know if we'll have. You yeah. know what I mean? And my reality hasn't been that. Like, that's literally something that I tell everybody. Like, I literally have not planned my wedding, and a lot of women probably can't relate. Uh, but there are a lot of women who have, have had it set, like the colors and everything, stuff yeah. that they've been thinking about for years. So when it comes down to them making that sacrifice for some of them, that's when the dream starts. You know but what I mean? Are they thinking about the sacrifice beforehand or are they thinking about a fairy tale marriage? I don't think that they're fairy. thinking about a fairy tale. I think that they're playing a position. I really no. do think that we have the capacity to um to be it's it's our nurturing spirit. Could right? you pull that, that note up? I'll read the last part of it, what she said. Sure. Because I think that's I think that's right in line with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So somebody shared this with us. And I, it's a long note, but I'll read the last part of it. It says, with the, way, with the way the world is today, it's hardly any time left to yourself because your focus is paying these bills and staying afloat. Some things like not maintaining a social life is by choice, though no one is saying when a woman gets married, she has to give her social life or the things that she likes to do and sort of, I'm sorry, sis, it just sort of kind of happens. She's saying, nobody's saying you have to get these things up, but it just sort of happens because she says it's innate in most women right. to do these things. Mm-hmm. And so how, and we kind of hit on this last episode, but 
as men, we have to be better in being aware of that mm-hmm. so that those pressures and stress of her probably feeling insufficient or insecure or not feeling like she's fulfilling her life. We got to be aware of that so that we got to make sure our women are not feeling that type of way. Like mm-hmm. she's not feeling inadequate mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. But I also, again, if it doesn't become real to you until you're ready to ask her that, then it's a whole other ball game that we're playing. We don't know. Right. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I feel like that's the education part. Yeah. But it's not something that you your your other men can tell you that's something that you would have to like you yes. know in involving um somebody of the opposite sex you would have to actually listen to that person if that person's aware of that right mm-hmm. if if you're able to articulate that okay for you it just started for me it's a fulfillment of something that I've always been thinking about yeah. and so um i i was um what was I about to go with that well no um, it didn't just start for us when you so when I was a teenager, I never wanted to get married. Mm-hmm. I thought women were like us. Mm-hmm. So I, was, I seen women, dog people. I didn't want to get married. When I was 21 and I met married men, mm-hmm. then I wanted to get married. And, and after 21 is when I, I'm 34 now, about to be 35. At 21 is when I said, all right, I do want to be a husband. I do want to be a, a father. Ooh. I am so sorry. Oh, somebody going to have to do some push-ups. You got to pay for this one. <laughs> for that i have mm. no clue why that even happened so let me it's all good while i have the ability to do this turn the wi-fi off it's real organic we real people over we here real people like i really <laughs> thought that i didn't have all that connected but apparently i do um Sorry. but what i was gonna say um in relation to that is i have actually the i've not been that woman who has planned the wedding and all that mm. other stuff but i think that it's uh important for me to bring up that in my last relationship, um, my ex was telling me that he that God spoke, God spoke to him in regards to my dreams. Mm-hmm. He said, it's not possible that I can say that I want to marry you and I'm not aware of your dreams. Mm-hmm. And I'm really so more so focusing on, like, it's great that he said that because I do think um, that that set him apart. That made him very peculiar and, like, mm-hmm. But it was so peculiar that I didn't even know how to answer him because it's not like that's not something that's important to me. But in relationship, I find that there are a lot of women who kind of put those things to the side. Like, like it's going to happen for me, but mm-hmm. like he needs all the work and all the help. And I don't know that it's because we feel like sorry for y'all or anything like that. But I think we're just being a teammate. Like, I think we... I think it's innate, yeah. Yeah, I think we just don't know anything else but to be a nurturer. So for me coming into you know the relationship it was like how can I help you with whatever it is that you have going on so we Mm -hmm. did a lot of that and then he said that he really like looked up and he was like but I don't even know what you dream of and then when the spotlight was on me I was like uh froze up yeah like what I don't I don't know yeah so you know I had to think about it and it's not but I thought about it in a sense of how he could help me And when I thought about it, it was like that. See, that's the that's the issue, or that's yeah. something to really ponder. Because why didn't I think that whatever it is that I wanted to do was something that he would be encouraged or be, you know, or find important enough to help me with? Mm-hmm. Why did I feel like we needed to focus on his stuff first? You got that's just that. a no. Yeah. That's just that's just something that nah. I just kind of wanted to pinpoint. Yeah. yeah. Um. But you know, just but I think that's just who you are, though. Mm. 
So you but help. But it's not just me, though. You help, period. But it's not just me because yeah. I was even talking to my cousin and she was she literally had anxiety because she like I, I for real for real think that she wants to change her career. But she was like, but I have to provide, though. And I'm thinking to myself, why do you think that that's your position? Why do you think that you have you have to do that? And it's not it's like that ain't what you're supposed to be doing. And I know you're going to say like I'm not going to say nothing. No, but I know what you're thinking. Like oh. it's an order thing because that's what I was thinking. And I'm like, why does she think that she's the one who is supposed to be, you know, doing the providing and things like that? Yeah. But I think her biggest thing is, you know, being the mom. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And sometimes, sometimes the order is so out of whack that you don't think about the fact that you have to be the wife first and then the mom. You don't have a Bible around here, do you? Um, no, I don't. Do you have one on your phone? Of course. I don't know if you'll be able to um, get to all the apps because I put it on in my mode, but... It should be. You don't have it downloaded on here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You should be able to. But, yeah, this the order. Um, you know, her believing, like, you know, I have to provide for my children. It's like, well, you have a husband. So uh, when you said the order, mm-hmm. that's not what I was thinking. What I was thinking is she's just putting too much pressure on yourself mm-hmm. because it is the husband's job to lead. I mm-hmm. do 100% believe that. But I don't think it's not her job to provide though. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think just because it's the husband's uh position to lead doesn't mean that it's not her position to provide. Right. I don't I don't believe that either. Yeah. I don't believe that she has to take on that pressure though. Yeah, not fully. No. There's still a team. Right. But in Proverbs 31, it's funny cuz women all that's their favorite, you know, Proverbs 31 women, even men, like, mm-hmm. I want a Proverbs 31. But when you read it, really, it's not it's not showing you a docile woman. It's not showing mm-hmm. you some old little meek, yeah. sit in the Welcome corner, back. humble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, humble, yeah, but it's not showing you that. Somebody who's being abused. Yeah, it says, <laughs> look, it says she is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it's yet night and provides food for her household. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a, a strong... Woman, we had a conversation the other day about independent women. And when you read that, this is an independent woman. Mm-hmm. She doesn't need a man. Mm-hmm. Well, let me, I don't know how I want to say that. But I'll just say that. She doesn't need a man, but she needs a man. Mm-hmm. So we need we need each other. Right. You don't need me to be your best you. You don't need me to help provide or do the things that you're already doing for yourself. Mm-hmm. But when you do come alongside, or I do come alongside, it all it does is just multiplies it. Like you, be, you go from good to great, mm-hmm. and and greater as we just grow together. Now um, with go ahead, not go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. I always say. I always say. I want that other person. Yeah. I think that I need it. What people, but wait, though. There's a caveat to that because I think that there is a point where you do need that person. Yeah. When you start dating a person, you want them. That's how I yeah. feel. And and just being a whole person, like, I want you. And that's what I always say. Like, if, mm-hmm. if, if we're in a relationship, if we're trying to get to know each other, this is what I want to do. Right. It's not what I need to do yet. When you're my husband, I need you. All right, yeah, that's I where I'm at with I need you it. to survive. Yeah. Like, this is, this, because, first of all, 
I really do believe in the fact that like you're joining, like you're joining you're souls, like you are one yeah, yes. person. So you can't just be a, a dead left side. Like that's, I mean, <laughs> ask anybody who is even like mm-hmm. a stroke vi- victim on the, on a real, like it's very hard for you to function correctly. And the whole side of your body is not even operating. Yeah. So, um, so that's what I wanted to, you know, just emphasize too, is that you said that you don't know if you wanted to use need, but when you are married, you need that person. 100%. And if you don't, you need to go ahead and figure something else out, sister, brother. Nah, you need to make it work. <laughs> yes, you do need to make it work. You need to find um, out what you need to do to need that man. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But um, I know they ain't gonna like the way that sounds, but no. I'm glad I, you said absolutely, though. Thank you. No, absolutely. I I, yeah. I do. I do feel like if you are married to somebody, you need to figure out how you need them. Yeah. Because if you don't, like, then there's there's some trouble in the water. Like, yes, I agree. Y'all aren't operating as a unit. You're operating as roommates. Mm-hmm. And I have, uh, I've definitely asked a couple of people who are married, like, are y'all roommates or are y'all like wife, husband and wife? Like, and they were like, maybe we, maybe we roommates, you know, cause they were upset. Wow. Yeah. But, but it's something that you ask people like straight up, like what you going to do? But I wanted to close out on this. I mean, did you have anything nah, nah, more to close. ask? No, nah, I think we can close um, out I mean, on that. I wanted to say, this is something that I wrote. Um, when we say individuality, it is not promoting singleness. It is promoting purpose. It is providing, I mean, it's promoting God's love. It is promoting self-love um, for the sake of relationship. So I don't want people mm-hmm. to ever think that when we talk about individuality or individualism, that there is some some level of worship of self. It yeah. is really, for real, for real, finding that, that creator, creation love, really understanding who God is, knowing mm-hmm. that you are his creation and knowing that that other person is too and just really finding that love for yourself so that you can grant that same grace yeah. uh, to somebody else so just being able to be whole mm-hmm. as an individual mm-hmm. that y'all may be whole together absolutely yeah. absolutely so um aj will uh introduce uh the, the next topic we will go into today but first what song is in your head right now? <laughs> because of <laughs> because of where we was going with it. What is friends? It? <laughs> <laughs> because only because the topic was when you said I was going to introduce the topic and I was like, "What are friends?" Yeah. And then you say song, and that's the last word in my mind. So that's what came up. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Cool. All right. So I guess you can introduce. <laughs> oh, what song is on your mind? Um, probably just because you just sung it, it's probably the same thing. It probably is. No, 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 it's not. Um, when I started, when we started the podcast, I, I use uh, what is that song? It's by I know it's Rick James. When I said deep skydiving, was it? Is it cold blooded? Cold blooded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. in my head right now. That's that funny. Like, dun, 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 cold. Yeah. Bloody. <laughs> yes. That's my song. Yes. All right. Our topic today is. What are friends? Mm. It's going to be a two-part if we get to it. Yes. So what are friends? Mm-hmm. And we're going to hit on what are friends and friends of the opposite sex. Okay. And I think we should it's, uh, we should discuss what we thought friends were yes. then and then what we think friends are now. Yes. I would like for you to start. You would like for me to start? I would. Okay. I so have I have no problem starting. So what I thought friends were based on just how I grew up and everything um, basically homies from the neighborhood mm-hmm. that I was cool with. Yeah. And so because we shared the same things, we went to school together, you know, we, like when you talk to girls, y'all talk to girls that are part of the same group, you know, we fight together, you 
we did a lot of things together. We go out, club together. The people you have fun with, you know, you figure, those are my friends. Yeah. And so you grow up with them, and that's just, it was just that simple for me. Mm-hmm. What did you think, friends, before? Um, I can agree. Uh, most for me, I really didn't have a lot of friends on my block. Uh, one, one, because I was the new kid on the block, and then we lived in a city. Um, when I was in the South, I had I had some like neighborhood friends, but like I never really had like neighborhood friends when I when I moved to Chicago. So all mm. of my friends were from my school. Yeah. And what I it was very simple. Like we had commonalities for real. For real, it used to be just humor, jokes. Jokes would bring people yeah. together. Like yes. if your humor is the same as mine, we it. You know what I mean? And yeah. That was just kind of like I the think thing that's that, that's that probably brings people that's together the, the main, most. Yes, yeah. that's the main thing. And I'm gonna hit the, hit on that with the opposite sex too because I think that that's important. Mm-hmm. I, and, and remind me if I don't uh, if I forget to hit that, but. Um, definitely humor, our sense of humor was the thing that, that connected us together. But I think the glue was just basically like what you said, like, you know, talking to some of the same guys, you know, not the same guys, but you know, their friends, yeah, yeah, the same friend groups, um, hanging out with each other. Like we never really, it, there wasn't a lot of irritation there with that other person. Um, just as far as levels and communication, like the way that we talk to one another, um, and a main, again, mainly joke based. Uh, the things that we participated in, mm-hmm. uh, our families. Like I know um, one of my really good friends. I used to just like to go over her house because she always had people at her house. It was just like it was always family. Yeah. Like they were always. You, you know, ever had friends that you became friends with them because you thought they thought like you? Like yo, we think yeah, exactly. And then you me. find out like you nigga. Yes, one you of don't. one of my really good friends. Yeah. Actually, it's funny because what well, her birthday is today. But um Happy birthday, whoever happy birthday, you are. Cree. I call her Cree. But um we actually had very similar lives. Like our mothers were single moms. Mm. We both lived on the south side and went to a west side school. We both played basketball and were very athletic. Um we we come from educators. So her mother was a professor and my mom was a um a high school teacher, but but they were both science. Yeah. So it was just so many overlapping things. Yeah. But when Y'all she were twinsies. Listen, we used to get in trouble <laughs> in the same class by the same teacher. And that's kinda like what Doing made the me same notice thing her. At the same time. Mm-hmm. Say nah, but no, we did though. We used to get in, in trouble for talking. Yeah. That was our thing. Because we were because we were smart, so we would get our work done, but then we would be very distracting to other people. Yes. Because we were done. Sounds like you. <laughs> but <laughs> She um she really she used to talk about me so bad, yeah she used to talk about me um and I used to hear her and you know I, I've always been like this so it what? would it would hurt my feelings but it would be like funny, hold up that the way that just turned it was like yeah we was like <laughs> best friends and and no, she used to talk about me so bad no, before, I was kind of like no before was we that became a bad best thing? friends. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. Before. Like when she first okay. met me, it ain't we ain't jail like that. I didn't oh. know I didn't even know that much about her for oh. real. For us to, you I know, you. it was like once we started talking, which I don't even know what turned I guess because we were on the same team, we were playing. That's probably why she together. ain't like you. She ain't like herself. Maybe so. Say like, nah. I don't know. Yeah. I you know, I who knows? High school You probably was a better her than she was. Why would that's you say why, that? That's why she ain't like you. <laughs> you She's right. better at being me than I am. No, not She's at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Please don't listen to him, <laughs> We're friends. Friends forever. Um, but no, I, um, where was I going with that? Oh, so that that's what I liked. I liked that she was very similar to me. I feel like yeah. she got my life. But the other girl that I was really, really cool with, she was like polar opposite of me. Like, even with her family dynamic, a lot of her 
um, her family members went to the same school as us. Yeah. So there, like, there was this level of popularity that she had. And me, I'm new. Like, I'm brand new to this whole thing. So it was just, it was a different dynamic. But we definitely meshed well when it came to, like, you know, the, the jokes and stuff. So then yeah. I thought, even toxic or not, because we had a very toxic friendship. Um <sighs> I just was like, that's my homegirl, though. So, like, we argue every week or we argue every Y'all other day. Y'all might got a better sense of loyalty than men because mm-hmm. I don't I don't think I've ever stayed, like, in the toxic friendships. Really? Like, nah. even if you didn't know that that was the case? Like, I don't feel like I knew it at the time that, that that's what was happening. I think I obviously knew that there was an issue, but I didn't know that you know, that it was considered a toxic relationship. I thought, you know, we were arguing, like, regular people argue, like... Oh, yeah, I got She you. comes from a different place than I do, so obviously we're not going to always agree. She yeah. was very... um, She was very headstrong. Mm-hmm. I was more so, like, even though I'm, I'm sure I was irritating, but I was more so, like, the, you know, go along to get Easy along girl. girl. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, that was then, though. All right, so what do you think friends are now? How would you define a friend right now? So now I feel like I feel like my patience is a lot thinner now. Um, I feel like when you're young, like you feel like you you know you just have so so much um, time that and you don't a lot know. of stuff. Yeah, and you don't. Yeah, you're yeah. not educated as to like. And then you haven't been in the friendship long enough to even see the trends. Like <laughs> but there you go. that was one of my questions. I was going to say, how long does it take? Yeah. To realize whether somebody is a true friend or not. Right. And I I don't think it takes a long time, but I do think that you have to be knowledgeable about like the, the your core values, like yeah. the things about yourself. So again, going back to that individual. I think it I think it takes I don't think it takes I can't say whether it takes a long time mm-hmm. or a short time. I think um it's circumstances that reveals it. Agree. I do. I do yeah. agree. Mm-hmm. So, so in mine that was that was the case for most of them. Like, I think that when, so I've only carried a few friends that I would call best friends, but then I met a lot of them in college. How many, give me an instance where you realize this person isn't my friend. Um, I would say the just the lack of communication and interest on the other person's part. Because me, I'm a natural lover. That's just, I've always been that way. So I'm like yeah. inviting people over my house who probably should not even be over there. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. they don't have my best interests at heart. But there are some people who mm-hmm. I was cool with in high school and I'm just not cool with them now for whatever reason. Like, And so, I know, I don't attribute that to me though. I attribute that to God. Yeah. I feel, I've always felt like I was protected. I still feel like I'm protected. I still feel like God is not going to let riffraff yeah, be in my life. Yeah. So it's not to say that the people who aren't in my life are not important people. They're just not important to my life. Got you. Yeah. So that hurts. I mean, it shouldn't because I'm just a regular <laughs> person. They got their own. You should say they're too. just not important to me. But no, my life because I'm not doing it. No, I got you. you get me? I got yeah. you. Yeah, you know, you she's safe. <laughs> I, I'll say it. <laughs> right, right. You're not important but, to me. Yeah, you're not important to me, and it's nothing wrong with that because I'm not important to you. So. Right. Doesn't mean I don't like you. It just mm-hmm. means you're not important to me. Yeah. So, for me, I'll say this: There's, I've always been careful about who I call my friend. Mm-hmm. 
So I might be like, yeah, that's the homie, or that's my man from around the way. But I've always been careful just about the word friend. Like, there's not many people that I call friends. I say, that's my man first, before I say, that's my friend. Mm -hmm. And so I always, I always used to say this, like, I don't have many people that are friends to me, but I'm a friend to many other people, to many other individuals. And so around, from my neighborhood, out of just saying, like it's, I'm not saying it's a hundred niggas. It might be, but I don't know. But just saying, out of a hundred niggas, I probably got two friends. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of mans, but I got two friends mm-hmm. that I would really consider. Like, yeah, this is this is my friend. This is somebody that I could trust. Won't put me in a compromising situation or anything. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's it. That's really how I realized who's not my friend because mm-hmm. there's been situations where. So what I would never do, I would never put you in a compromising situation where it's going to cost you your freedom or your life or bring any kind of detriment to you. Mm-hmm. But I've been put in those situations, and I've known. I've been put in those situations saved. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like before before Christ and after, knowing. But that's just who who I am. I'm that guy that's, that you can call on and everything. And I, I don't do it anymore because I done grown up. But I've been put in situations where somebody would call me couple of different guys they would call me and they would be in a situation mm-hmm. and so you know i would be like all right bet i'm on my way mm-hmm. knowing that this could not go well but <laughs> I'm, I'm in the wrong i'm admitting that i'm in the wrong but i'm praying like god please don't let this go to an extreme it doesn't have to go to mm-hmm. i'm praying even though i know i'm moving like in pride i'm moving in, in a, a, a wrong sense right here because I can't cause myself my freedom in this instance. But I realized, like, this nigga ain't your friend. Because my by, by my definition of a friend, I wouldn't put somebody, like, if I said, if I called you my friend or I said I'm your friend, I'm not going to put you in a situation where you might not be able to go home this evening. Right. Or you might not be able to go, you, you won't be able to see your child anymore because... You locked up or a situation like that. Mm-hmm. And so you don't even have to look out for my best interest, but don't put me in a situation where it's going to work against my best interest, right. if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Like, because I know people are innately selfish. Like, you're always, people are always thinking about themselves first. Mm-hmm. 99.9% of people are thinking about themselves first, and I'm not mad at you about that. Right. But just don't think about yourself at my detriment. Right. And that's what, Understood. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. It's also not really my reality. Like, I've never, I mean, I have um, encountered that where um, there was something that happened to me because I, like, you know, took one for the team, you know, mm-hmm. in that sort of sense. And it was like, it was devastating to my life. But I was able to forgive that person because I realized that I also made a choice mm-hmm. and not blaming myself, right? Because it's, it's not, so much that I was like mad at me for, you know, making that choice more than it was just like in order for me to move mm-hmm. on in life, not pinpointing that person or the people involved, but just saying like, you really got to let that go. That happened when you were, you know, 19 yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Um, Could you befriend that person again? I have. And I've forgiven. 
And the only reason why it's important is because of the story, but not because it's something that I, you know, think about. But it was a point when I didn't forgive her. It, yeah. it was a point when, and I don't, and it wasn't something that I feel like she could apologize for because I know that at that time she was sick. Like she was um, so yeah. wrapped up in whatever it was that she was doing. Like you said, mm -hmm. that selfishness, thinking about herself that she didn't even realize that I was a casualty. Not even considering, yeah. Right, so it was like, how can I continue to be mad at you for that? Yeah. Um, but it did cause me to hurt other people. Like, it, you know, because of it, be, a consequence of that was I was hurt. So then I hurt someone else. Mm -hmm. And that's also the reason why that was a problem. But again, I've never, I don't think that I've ever been called up like, yo, you know, da 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 da, or I'm in a situation and I've gone out somewhere and it's been like a whole thing where yeah. I might not be able to come home to my family or whatever. Were you is. able to realize that in that time though? That no. you were hurting other people, or that was like a hindsight thing. It's a hindsight thing. All of it is. Even you know, knowing, even you know, seeing that situation for what it was. Yeah. Because that was a long time where I felt like it was all my fault. Yeah. And so I was. I, I placed. I placed the blame on myself, but I really wasn't trying to, you know, magnify the situation. I was trying to cover it up. Yeah. And so when I was able to like look at it, look at it for what it was you know, own up to my part and then, mm -hmm. you know, move forward. That's when I was able to forgive her, forgive myself, forgive, you know, yeah. the other people involved. So, you know, I think I just been blessed in life where, cause I used to do even as a youngin, and I think I just got this because of my mother used to do this to us. Like mm -hmm. if my mother comes home upset or something, I feel like she's always taking it out on us. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, man, you've been, just because you done been mad at somebody at work, because somebody at work pissed you off, I'm like, man, don't come home and do that. Right. Like, nice. you come, like, you, as soon as you come in the house, you yelling at me about something. I'm like, it's not even that serious. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, come on, man. So I, I've never, I had always purposed in my life to not take, if I'm mad at you, I'm not going to go take my anger out on somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why, that's really why, one of the reasons why I would separate myself because I was angry. Mm -hmm. Because I was a, a angry young individual, mm -hmm. I would always just be by myself. I would separate myself because I never wanted to spew that out on, on somebody else. Well, that was super intentional and super mature for you to be young. I, I just didn't like the way it felt, mm -hmm. so. Well, you because you saw it. Yeah. You know how, you know how it felt, so yeah. Well, that's very insightful. Um, I think my new understanding of friends, too, is that friends are going to bring you closer to God as well. Mm -hmm. friends, friends pray for you. Mm -hmm. Friends, um, they have your best interest at heart. Even if they are being selfish, they are considering, you know, who you are as a person. They know you well enough to know, like, not to even include you. Like, I know because I have a vast, uh, you know, uh, amount of friends and then different types of friends. There are some friends I don't mix. Yeah, I feel like that's Likewise. even being respectful. Yeah, that's even having a regard for for the people who you love, the people who you call friends. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that's that's it. Like I think even for you know my friendship with you, I I don't even think I knew that it was happening until I you know until I looked up. Yeah, that was strange yeah it was just like oh like it's he's really being a friend like oh she's my friend right yeah. like, it was like oh i guess he is huh? i was like i got a female friend yeah i was like this is crazy yeah because yeah. i was like that too yeah so then no women weekend. friends in my life so we can segue into that so yeah. why have you never had any female friends <sighs> i gotta go first 
Well, you want me to go first? I get it out of the way. Yeah, I was gonna say you're there. So you're I right told, there. like I said, <laughs> <laughs> so like I said before, mm-hmm. I came from in the hood. We did what we did with girls, mm-hmm. and I've seen girls do what they do with boys. Mm-hmm. And like you said before, like I come from like a very misogynistic background. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I was taught it. It was just I came up around boys. I came mm-hmm. came up around masculinity and everything, right? And so I've never had a high regard for women until I was like 20, 21 years old. And so, and I've never, I had never believed that men and women are supposed to be friends. Mm-hmm. So, and the funny thing is, my buddy, his ex, for some reason, when my my friends have girlfriends, mm-hmm. they get cool with me somehow. Mm. And then we still be cool after they break up. And so my first friend that was a girl, I've never, I've never, I only called her a friend because her and her cousin used to call me like every night that we just talk on the phone. Mm-hmm. But I've never like shared personal things or been vulnerable with them or any of that. Mm-hmm. It was just like mostly just joking around and this and that. And we was like 17 years old. Mm-hmm. And so that was it. As an adult, no women friends. Mm-hmm. None. And so what happened with you, I, it was just completely like unintentional and organic. Mm-hmm. And it's a whole different dynamic than the friendship I have with my my male friends. And I don't even know how I don't even know how to explain it. Mm-hmm. It's it's just I think it was more so it wasn't even me opening up to it because I wasn't open to it. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you seen us, we had the whole misogyny thing down packed. <laughs> right. He's like, yeah. But it wasn't something I did. I wasn't open to I wasn't open to it. It was just who you were. Mm-hmm. So to say, I don't I don't know what you had going on in your head or anything, but it was just who you were and you weren't the typical black girl. You weren't what I seen in my past and everything. And like I said, it was just unintentionally. You you created a space for me to open up and be vulnerable, mm-hmm. which I don't think most men or women do. And I don't think it's intentional. I just think they don't know. They're not conscious about it. Like they don't know to do that. Mm-hmm. And I just think the the person you are, the individual you are, you create that space for people. Mm-hmm. And that's what I that's what I needed at the time. I mean, that's what people need. That's what we always need, but that's what I needed, and you provided that. And I don't know how you broke through the tough, AJ, but you <laughs> did it. You won. <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> um, that's cool, though, like, because I think I, I think I have a cheat on you. What's that? Uh, I've had male friends, but they uh-huh. never last. So, so how, did, how did I last? I think, it, I think it's the reciprocity. I think it's... Your love for God, I think that's why I said I really honestly think that the reason why we have maintained our friendship is because of who you are. And a lot of people think that like that's me like doting on you or becoming like really defensive and all this other stuff. But remember, AJ and I had a conversation about how he gets accused of things because men often think that they know who you are just because they are men too. Yeah. And I said, you know, what's unfortunate is that they never even give you a chance. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just the real honest truth. Like I, I obviously am biased, right? Because I've gotten to know you, yeah. but that's what I'd be trying to tell them. That's the difference. Like just get to know the man. If, if you, you did, didn't know me, like you know me now, mm-hmm. would you have had a different sentiment or would you had listened to more of what they're saying? I think I'm, I don't I think that I would still feel the same way that I do, but that part is this my part. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's my part. And so when I said that I have a cheat, what I was basically saying was um my first love, me and him, while, you know, his intentions were very clear as to the fact that he wanted to like snatch me up. Yeah. I wasn't having sex or anything, so my thing was we're going to be friends. We would talk every single night and I knew how to listen to him. I knew how to listen to him. Yeah. Now, mind you, he wasn't a man, but I knew how to listen to him. Mm-hmm. I've had conversations with my grandfather. I've had, you know, conversations with my dad. So it's not like a male presence is anything threatening to me. And I also don't, I also don't carry around the notion that every man who talks to me, every boy who talks to me wants to get in my pants. Yeah. I just don't carry that around and call it naivety, call it green, call it, Whatever you like. That helps. It does. Genuine people like me. Yes. Because there are predators out here that. Yes. Because I don't carry around this. I mean, we already, as black women, are oversexed, like, period. Mm -hmm. Like, just in having the curves that we have and so forth and so on. I have been objectified from a very young uh, age because I'm very bottom heavy. So, I, I mean, everywhere I went. It was something about that. And I mean, I don't know why people assume that that's what you want to talk about because you have it. <laughs> it's it's mine. So oh, I, I thought, know that I have it. Oh, I thought you wanted me to notice it. I thought right? you wanted me it's to compliment like, you. No, I Man. can't hide it if I want to. Like I used to wear yeah. jackets tied around my waist. I don't do it now yeah. because it's like, listen, you're going to take me as I am. I it have nothing at all. Yeah. And I'll just laugh at the big booty jokes like, that's fine. Like, you know, <laughs> and sometimes it's just not funny because yeah. I've heard it before. But my point is. People there actually do been, that still? Absolutely. Like, every day. Every day that I live. Every. Mm-hmm. If, unless like I just men, don't go like out. Just, hmm? Wow. Yeah. If I don't go out, I mean, even at work, people who know me, people who see me every day, it's just like, it's a running joke. Like, yeah. But I don't get offended because it's but like. But I mean men though. Yeah. Like, Dang. I work with men uh. every day. Every single day. And of course, you know, you say your thing like, okay, that's enough or whatever. Or you laugh or you, you know, because it's, again, it's not insulting yeah. to me. Like, I just, you know, I have my little things that I say in my head, too, because, again, I'm, it's Why not important. It hmm? Why you don't say it out loud? Because for real, for real, I realize the power of a woman's <laughs> tongue. And I can just, like, cut you right at the knees. And it's just not important to do yeah, that in front could. of me. Yeah, it's just not. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I'm going back. You know, I just feel that way. Like, I don't feel like every man you know, wants to have sex with me. So that's not, when I'm listening, that's not the ear that I'm turning on either. I'm not constantly thinking about, okay, well, what can I do to make this man attracted to me and all this other stuff? I am actually listening to men. I actually listen. And it's funny because I was talking to um, But you do know that is what's attractive. Right. And and that's what I was going to lead to. My... um, my best friend's brother-in-law, he was telling me how, you know, I, I can't remember if he, if he, it was somebody who he was listening to, but he said that they asked Erica Badu, like how she got all these niggas to like change their style oh, yeah. up and all she this stuff. She, she said she listened to him. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, what is, what is the rocket science behind that? Just like we have all of these words to use, y'all may not have a lot of words, but if we just listen to mm-hmm. you, if we just hear you out. I think the black man is the most unheard individual 
I probably I, I, of, I could agree with all you. All races, out of all everything, mm-hmm. all demographics. I could agree with you, <laughs> but I also think that the black man. Um, I ain't trying to get thrown off the air before I can really be on it. Man, but if you I don't really, say no, what you're going to say, this our air. I know, I'm just playing. No, I really do. I think that the black man, though, um, because nobody has taken time to listen to him, he really doesn't have a whole lot to say. Or he doesn't know how to say it. Or he doesn't know how we to say it. We have a lot to say. Okay, there we go. Yeah. He doesn't know how to say it. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of, of air... Because because then you know there there are those those comments and you know things like that that come from black men where it makes them seem like they're not educated or whatever the case like they're trying mm-hmm. to just express themselves and we're looking at the fact that like without being emasculated right but you right. know where our strength comes from where you know where our strength comes from tell the tell the world our black women I agree. <laughs> <laughs> You no, were supposed to be like, oh, oh, so oh. We're, we're the key to it all. No, I do. Uh, no. I I agree because yeah. I think, and we are protect. That's that's the thing, right? And I think that's why why black women get so en- enraged a lot of times is because black women are still so very protective over black men. As you should be. So very protective, like even some of the stuff that we don't report when stuff actually does go down and like yeah. there's something that happens it's like but well, i don't want to report you to the authorities because something bad is going to happen to you and then you'll yeah. get lost in the system it's even though i'm a whole victim like you've clearly done something wrong here yeah i almost don't even so wanna... we have to do a better job of protecting you all each other yeah you have yeah yeah have to protect us just as well but what does that look like though that's a good question because i think that me, our relationship has about a, a whole other side of you, a softer side, even I would say, but not mm-hmm. an emasculated side, a, just a softer side. And I feel like there's a dynamic that has to happen there where it's like you're not a soft man, but you can communicate with a woman, you can have a relationship with yeah. a woman, which is important because you want to marry. Mm-hmm. I think we get mixed up with when you said, How does that look to protect a black woman? I think we. L- <laughs> <laughs> that was about to sound so bad. What? <laughs> I was going to say, I think our problem is we listen to y'all tell us how to protect you, mm. which I feel, I don't think it's completely wrong, mm-hmm. but you know how they say women don't know what they want. Mm-hmm. I feel like you-, you said that. <laughs> <laughs> who, who said that? Every black man knows that. <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't just me. Don't put that on me. <laughs> I'm 35. It's 34. It was a whole lot of black men in existence before me that said that. But y'all, I don't believe that you guys know how we need to protect you all. Mm -hmm. And so this is an instance, right? And so Mo has said this. He shares this a lot. So I'm pretty sure he wouldn't mind me saying this. It was instances where he would have to protect his wife and he would get real assertive. And she might take offense to it because she's looking at it as if he's kind of attacking her or like being too aggressive, telling her what to do or something. But what he's he's seeing something that she's not seeing. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, look, right now I don't have the time to explain this, but I need this is how I need you to move so that I can protect the both of us, so I can protect this whole family, and I'll be able to come back afterwards 
and I could share with you all of what was going on and everything. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I say, you know how we say you can't see the forest for the trees. Like some people can't see the bigger picture. And I'm not, I don't want to generalize women with this, but we was talking about the the Will Smith thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I made a post on Facebook and I had said, um, I said something along the lines, people can't see the big picture. And that's where we miss it at. Mm-hmm. Because where we missing that as a community is individuals, we're so selfish that we're only going to react to what affects us. Mm-hmm. And we're not looking at the big picture to see how is this going to affect everybody. Mm-hmm. And so people will throw away the whole picture because they don't like how they looked in it. Mm-hmm. When the whole picture could have just, it was a nice big ensemble. Like this was a beautiful picture, but because you don't like how you looked in it, because your shirt was messed up or something, you ready to throw it away. Mm-hmm. And that, that's how I feel sometimes. <laughs> just check me. That's how I feel sometimes women are. Like you're, you're not seeing the big picture, so you can't tell me how to protect you right now. And so how I really believe we, us as men, need to protect our women, I believe first it all comes with accountability. Mm-hmm. And so I can't protect you by myself. Mm-hmm. It's, if, you, if you was my woman, I can't protect you by myself. It's my job to protect you, but I do need men that's going to hold me accountable for things because not only do I need to protect you, like I need to protect you from me because I could be doing things that's hurting you also Mm -hmm. that I'm not aware of. Mm -hmm. And I need somebody from the outside in that's been through this thing. That's, that's wiser. That's more experienced in these relationships to hold me accountable, to teach me how to protect my woman from what's outside and what's in our own household Mm -hmm. or what's in our own relationship. Mm -hmm. But no, I think that's I think that's powerful. Um, I just I think for me, coming from the the woman's side and you know having had conversations about that whole protection aspect, I think um, that that's maybe something that we could do better in communicating about. Mm-hmm. Like we always talk about, you know, the pieces of, of every relationship is communication. Yeah. And I do agree. I just don't think that you know, <laughs> as people who know how to communicate. Uh, you know, verbally and non-verbally, just kind of like naturally that we really know the ways in which to communicate. Like, you know, what is a healthy level of communication? Um, In the, in the situation that you were just explaining or describing, um, I think that there, I've actually been in a situation just like that. And I think it wasn't until the man said something after that I really knew what was happening. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that it's always important for us to know at the time that it happens, but I do feel like the reason why that kind of falls, like the reason why, you know, it never really translates the way that y'all think that it is, is because of the fact that y'all really don't say anything because there is no communication. Like if I know the type of man that my husband is, then of course, then I'll know, you know, that he don't want nobody to disrespect me. He felt like that man was disrespecting me. Like we, I've had a conversation before in a relationship where, you know, my my boyfriend at the time, he often felt disrespected. Mm-hmm. I rarely feel disrespected. Yeah. So already we're talking about oil and vinegar because if I'm literally walking into a room and I, I'm not feeling disrespected, are you telling me that you get to, like, move furniture <laughs> and, like, F people up because, because you feel disrespected? You feel disrespected. You feel or you disrespected feel like I get, for me. Yes, there it is. Yeah. Right there. So how do you... 
how how as a how do you feel like as women we go about that because if if I'm not disrespected because I have a heightened level of understanding this yeah. is this and this is just Dara guys I'm not I don't feel like no anybody who I come into a room to visit to play with mm-hmm. to work for has to respect me I don't feel that well, way for one I'm just a different individual and I understand that mm-hmm. so I don't. I carry this even at work, mm-hmm. right? So, people be tripping. All I'm, I'm just a HVAC tech guy. I just put up ductwork. I just install. That's all I do. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm intentionally not in a position of leadership and everything because I just don't want the responsibility. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, people be tripping about stuff. I'm like, dog, why are you tripping? This ain't your company, right? And I'm be like, they be like, man, why are you not? I'm like, if my foreman ain't worried about it, I'm not worried about it. It's not my responsibility, right? And so I kind of carry that same sentiment with whoever I'm with, mm-hmm. with my lady, even even with you. Mm-hmm. If you're not, if you don't feel disrespected about it, about it or by it, I'm not going to make a big deal of it. Mm-hmm. Now it becomes disrespect to me when I feel like now you're doing something intentionally to disrespect me, mm-hmm. and so then I'm gonna say something about it. Right. But if you don't feel if there if, if whatever action it is, whatever's going on is happening towards you, and you don't feel disrespected by it. I'm not going to, unless you say something to me, I'm not going to feed into it mm-hmm. because I know you, you're grown. Like mm-hmm. you, you know how to handle your own, yeah. like you got the mouth of a serpent. Mm-hmm. If you, <laughs> if you unleashed yeah, if I it, feel disrespected. Yeah. yeah. And so I know, and I'm, that's why I'm just like, it's not to me, like it's not even disrespect. It's not as, as a big deal as it was before in my past. But would you right. say that that is that is a personal thing, right? That's a yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. Right. So if you mm-hmm. are with, and this is to say, this is not to say, ladies, that like you know something is necessarily wrong with your husband, but I do feel like that's something that you have to get to know. Like you have to mm-hmm. find out who you're working with, who you are in relationship with, who is your other half, mm-hmm. because if you're constantly, you know, like oh my gosh, oh here we go, like I'm, you know, you're apologizing to people because your husband's coming in and he's always, you know, dis- feeling disrespected, then that's some that's a conversation that you have to have with him. So behind look, closed doors, though, don't do it at the wedding, don't do it at the at the chapel. Yeah, this is this happened. In my life, right? Mm-hmm. So one of my friends, called this dude a friend from the neighborhood. This dude like my brother. Mm-hmm. My, my goddaughter's, my first godchild's father, right? Mm-hmm. So I was with, so his children's mother, like I was there from the beginning. Uh-huh. Like when they first started dating each other and everything in high school. And so she's like a little sister to me. Like I love her like a sister. Like their kids are my babies too or whatever. And this is my man. I, this is like my brother. And so I was over their house probably about a little over a month ago. When I, I go over every now and then to see my god babies and everything. And she had, and I, now I'm not even looking at her like this because it's like my sister. So I didn't even notice this until he said something to me. Because you could tell it was like a little, it was odd. And they, they had like a little feud and everything. And so I had to rap, rap to him, call him up, talk to him afterwards and everything. And no, well, no, he called me. But she had like small shorts on and everything. Her around, she had her around the house clothes on. Mm-hmm. And so when he came in, I had came over there. He wasn't there. I mean, I, I go over there often. Mm-hmm. It's not a big deal because we like family. So I went over there. He came in the house and he seen that she had like small, small shorts on this and that. And I, ain't, I, I, I honest to God, did not pay no attention to. It. I didn't even notice it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because I was just talking to my goddaughter, talking to her about school and everything. And so he shared with me afterwards, she feels like I disrespected her because of the way I, I talked to her in front of you. 
and I was like, I don't think you disrespect her, but is she's feeling like that because she's looking at in, in an instance like that just because she feels attacked. I'm her reason for that. So she's saying we had company and you was talking to me like that. He said, I feel disrespected because she had, she ain't damn near got no clothes on in front of you. She got these small shorts on and this and that. And I'm like, mm. and I didn't even think it. I had to apologize to him because I'm like, my bad, bro. I was like, you know, we've been around so long. She's probably looking at it like, that's, you know, that's mini me. This this is family or whatever. You know, that's it's not a big deal. You already know that's not. He know that's not. He know it ain't nothing like that. But he feels disrespected because she shouldn't. He feel like we shouldn't have nobody over this house and you dress like that. Mm-hmm. And he's saying if that's, if it's okay for you to dress like that, then you shouldn't, because he's he's family, then you shouldn't feel a certain way about me talking to you like that in front of him because he's family. Mm-hmm. And it was just a whole, like, a miscommunication, not being able to communicate effectively how both of them, how both of them felt. Mm-hmm. And I felt bad. And I was like, I have to be more aware of that. And when I went over my man AJ house, which is my brother also, and th- now my eyes are open to this. And his wife, same thing. And so he, because we tight, he know that I'm not on that type of time. She ain't on no type of time. I just reached out to her the next day and I was like, hey. Whenever, no matter who's over, I said, I know we family, you know, we, you like my little sister. I said, I don't care if it's me, I don't care if it's AJ biological brother, his father, whoever. Whenever you have somebody else in that house, you know, wear pants, wear whole pants, you know, cover up or whatever, just out of respect for AJ. And she received it. She was like. But some people might have been taking that as disrespectful, that you reached out to their wife to tell them to cover up. But that's what I'm saying. But so. he know he so we he knows me. Okay. So and me and her, we have like a brother sister relationship. So she knows that I didn't mean anything malicious right, by it. And she knows that whenever I come to him about anything, I'm looking out for their best interest. Right. I'm yeah. just saying, like, if in the sense in the case of what we were talking about, whereas you have a man who constantly feels disrespected. Yeah. That could have been seen as disrespectful because why didn't you say anything to me? And yeah. if you would have said something to him, that might have been disrespectful too. Yeah. So again, I don't think there's much that you can do. Like yeah. obviously you can just, just stay with yeah, how your how your spirit led. Yeah. Um but I think as it pertains to like people who are married, like it's important yeah. that you communicate with your spouse. Um so going just pulling it back to what we were talking about as far as opposite sex, what do you think are are the best ways of communicating with within a romantic relationship with somebody of the opposite mm-hmm. sex and within a romantic, I mean, within a platonic relationship as we are in, um, as friends? Uh, I'm navigating those waters. Okay. For the romantic part or the platonic part. So I know how to have a, I can't have what I have with you with too many other people. Mm -hmm. I don't have it with anybody else. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if it's possible to have it with anybody else. I mean, I'm sure it's possible, but I just don't know this individual that I could do that with. Mm-hmm. But my um, my ex, she heard us talking on the phone one day, and she was like, how come we don't have conversations like that? How come we don't talk like that? Like, even with our communication, we just got so much time in that we understand each other. And so that's what I told her. I was like, well, you know, me and her, we've known each other for a long time. Me and you were only in five months. Mm-hmm. So we don't even have the experience together to be able to 
have those type of conversations, those meaningful conversations, you know. And so, and she just accepted it. Mm-hmm. I mean, because what else really can, what really can she say? Mm-hmm. Because in fact, I don't think you, I don't think you can effectively communicate in five months with your significant other because we're we're still learning how each other communicates. Mm-hmm. Like because we got so so much time in together, we understand, and because we both listen, because we both listen, we understand how one another communicates mm-hmm. and we can we're more susceptible to receive mm-hmm. because we're open to that and so i think most people aren't open to it they want to be heard but they don't want to hear right and so in a romantic relationship that's why i said both people just got to be whole in a romantic relation whatever type of relationship it is it's okay to be heard but you got to make sure that you're hearing also absolutely yeah. absolutely um i think it definitely has to do with hearing um using the two the two ears and the one mouth like whatever mm. you have in abundance like do that the most oh. um i actually was talking to my friend uh this weekend about how the one thing that you need is what you should be giving away yeah um so if you need somebody to listen to you that's what you should be doing for others like you should learn you know practice your listening you know if you have all of these things to say practice your listening because something there's something that you're missing by doing all the talking yes. it really is um so that's one thing that I, I definitely think that would be you know great for like um relationships of the opposite sex but what i wanted to ask you was what do you think is the reason why you are so do you think that because of where we met or how we met um it allowed for you to be more open because i can say that i have you know a card deck of people who i can communicate with the way that i can communicate with you but they're just not males so, so what do you think it is that how we met to... definitely okay plays a part in it mm-hmm. most definitely plays a part in it because <laughs> what <laughs> if i had met you in the streets or something it would have been completely different okay so i met you with a respect off bus because i'm the setting that i met you in the who i met you through and mm-hmm. everything it was all right I'm coming to this with a different level of respect. Not saying I was disrespecting people that I meet on the street, but mm-hmm. when you meet somebody like on the street at a, at the mall or something and everything, you're meeting with the intention to kind of get to know them, date, talking about the opposite success or whatever. When I when I met you, it was in a Bible study setting. I met you through my oldest brother. You know, I, I met you with the whole respect to where it wasn't like I'm trying to holler at this girl. I wasn't even trying to get to know you. Right. That's why I said well, our whole situation is just different. Mm-hmm. It just happened. It wasn't anything where I was like, you know what? She's cute. I like her. Let me get to know her. Mm-hmm. She might make a good friend. Right. And that. Did, <laughs> I've never met anybody like that though. What? I mean, but but it's so important that you said that because I feel like that's how a lot of men meet women. What? She's and, cute. I think I want to get to know yes. her. Like. So but it's, it's, but a, it's not with the intentions of being friends. Right. And it's not. So just being honest, when men holler at women, it's mm-hmm. not just to be like, let's see how this grows organically. Right. It's, it's with some that. kind of intention. Right. Yeah. So I've never had an intention with you. Mm-hmm. So I like in during that time when we met and everything, I never was like, man, she's good people. Let me really get to know her. It was just something where. We just started talking, and we became friends, and then we became close friends, and then it was like, damn, how did we get here? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess for me, um, 
I think it is still a very inexplainable situation, but I think that we can explain what how how we work as friends to mm-hmm. kind of give people insight on, you know, how to make this type of thing, you know, fit into their marriages and things like that, or mm-hmm. at least what to look for in the beginning. Uh, because I do feel like there can be a romantic piece. Yes. Like, we just don't have it, but I do feel like that's something that people can have but I think it is important you know to listen to your partner I think it's important to when it's time for you to speak that you are you know saying those meaningful things because I do Mm -hmm. also know people who say a lot and they don't say anything (laughs) like I have encountered people where I've whereas I've had full conversations with them and I come out knowing as much as I did when I walked in (laughs) Because they're just very good. They're like, have you? Did you watch that Living Single episode? I don't know if you even watched Living Single, but I've Maxine Shaw, she was like giving her like a uh, campaign rhythm. She'd be like, she was like, ba da 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 da, bippity bippity bop. Like she nah, like every I, question you da 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 da, bippity bippity bop. I know people who have a rhythm because they're so used to just like wow. You, it's just it's almost like that. How you doing? Fine. Everybody who says that, that, like, that's probably the biggest lie that... Yeah, it's like they on, like, an autopilot type of... Yes, but I realize in working with people, I realize why most of the time that's the answer. Because, one, most people don't care. And then, two, when you say that you're not fine, you also have to get into that personal space that you're not willing to share with everybody. So, people, if you are having a conversation with your significant other and you're giving how you doing fine and you're really not fine, then you are the issue. You're the problem. You have to figure out why you don't feel like you're mm-hmm. safe enough to share what's really happening, you know, in your world with that person who you are calling your significant other. Like y'all have already passed that space of like getting to know each other and all this other stuff. So why do you feel like at this point you can't share that with that person? If it is what the person has offered you, it's like say for instance they're not setting the stage. Say for instance they're not creating the space for you to be vulnerable. That's a conversation in and of itself as well. Yeah. Like, hey, listen, you don't create a space for me. That's something that AJ shared in the first episode. Dara, every time we did talk, you created a space for me. You were not just trying mm-hmm. to gossip. You were not just trying to figure out, you know, what I was going to do and with whom. It was a matter of you really just, like, flat out listening to me. And at the end of the day, I think that that's what most people need. Yeah. That's the basis of relationships. Like, really, like, can I pour into you? And I'm, I'm pro- and I'm protected by you. And I know that because I share things. With, I was in a dark place, mm-hmm. real dark place. And I've shared things with you. And I've been around your friends and your friends ain't look at me funny. Mm-hmm. At least not to me. They might have. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, you know, I didn't peep it. I didn't notice it. Right. And so what that shows me is my privacy or whatever I was going through. And I share it with you. It wasn't something that made its way around the friend pool. Right. Like you said, it wasn't a gossip thing and everything. And then when I come around, it's still, I don't know, you might have been even talking good about me mm-hmm. because it was still like welcoming. Mm-hmm. It was like, hey, hey, AJ. And that makes me, oh, all right, this is a safe, this is a safe place. She's mm-hmm. she's safe to be with. She's safe to talk to. So I think that's very important because even, I mean, that type of mm-hmm. stuff is something that matters to me too. Even though I always say it's not, it's really not my business what other people think about me. But it does say something about, you know, what that person whom you confide in uh, feels about you as far as like, you know, not even necessarily loyalty, but just like you said, protection. I like that word better. 
um, when you are not, you know, hearing constantly about things that you shared in confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I have a pretty good, you know, circle of friends and thank God for them because I didn't, I don't think that I selected them who have, you know, the ability to love people even through whatever it is that they're going through yeah. and, and including myself, including them, themselves. Um, so that's why, you know, I think that you have to beg the question. You have to have, ask the hard questions. Like why, you know, is it hard for me to talk to my significant other? Cause yeah. that's something that you have to do. Like you have to have that. How do you even get a significant other that's hard to talk to? Because they're feeling a void. Remember we talked about that. It's possible to be in a toxic relationship and overlook all of the toxic pieces if you're getting something Damn. fulfilled. What that is you need. So I think sex is the biggest blocker. I absolutely agree. Because what are you getting, what void are you getting filled if you can't even communicate with this person? Like if it's just all toxic. Exactly. But some people's level of or need for intimacy um, is such a, it's such a huge you know, hole there mm. and they crave it so much that they cannot for the life of them see past that. Yeah, that's I crave intimacy intimacy. Right, but, but but sex is well, I try to explain to people that sex is under the umbrella of intimacy. Yeah, so but it's, it's like a it's part not whole thing. Intimacy. Right, but it's not intimacy. It's not the whole thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people who are literally like sex, trying to sex their way into like true intimacy. Yeah. And it just doesn't, it's only, you know, I mean, you know, if you if you can go all night a few sessions, you know, you only get it those few sessions <laughs> and then you have to live thing. your, real, exactly, you have to live your life mm-hmm. again, you're left with yourself. Yeah. I always say this to everybody, you are oftentimes left with yourself. What are you going to do? How are you going to respond to who you are when you don't have anything or anybody to fill the voids that you have. Do you feel we live in like a a bubble of intimacy? Give me um, another way of saying it. Like, as a couple. Mm -hmm. Not me and you, I'm just saying like as a a couple. Mm -hmm. Like your significant other. Or even friends, because we have a level of intimacy it's just not on the romantic stage. Mm -hmm. But... Like you said, like sex is a momentary thing. Mm-hmm. Like, depending on if you got the juice or not, it might be for mm-hmm. three minutes. Right. <laughs> it might be for 33 minutes or right. so. You know, I don't right. know. Mm-hmm. But after it's done, it's done. Right. And so when I say like a bubble of intimacy, it's where even after the sex is done, you still feel yes. that, like, even when you're not with the person, you still feel that, mm-hmm. that comfort. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And I feel like. With, with all of my friendships, there's a level of intimacy that it has been created. Um, and I think it's just because, well, for a number of reasons, I think, it, you know, I, I can attribute it to the other people, but I feel like that's something that I give off to. Yeah. So when I'm, when I'm talking to you, when I'm with you, when I'm speaking to you, whatever the case, if you're talking to me, like you're important and I make sure that you feel that way. And the reason why <laughs> I do that is because you have a, you know what I mean? Like you, you peep you, that. I don't. I never thought of that. You do too. We I just do? talked about that. Yes. We just talked about that via text. We were talking about how people oftentimes get us wrong. They think that we have an attraction to people oh. because of that intimacy that we can we can, you know, I didn't off. peep that that's what I was doing. Like It is an intimacy because when you when you make nah, that No, you said like, when you feel like you're important, I make you feel that way. I didn't know that that's what I was doing. Yeah. That's exactly what oh, we're doing. Oh, okay. So and I got so, I got to start making people feel small. 
No, not at all. <laughs> I don't think you're, you're capable of it. Oh, I'm capable um, but, but to give you guys some mm. context, it was just a situation where AJ was, he was trying to mm. listen to a young lady and everybody else got the vibes of he must be attracted to her. Yeah. And I think that, it, you know, we were talking about how we often, him and I often get in that, get in trouble with that because we are so intentional about people. Mm. But what I said to, uh, to my friend Veronica is... I'm so intentional about people because I have a level of reverence for people. Yeah. It's not a respectability. It's a reverence. So when I said I revere people, what I mean is I understand that you are God, God made, right? You mm-hmm. are a creation just like me. You know, you have, you know, a heart, a soul, you know, so forth and so yeah. on. You deserve to be loved just as I do. And that literally is the basis of the, the way that I treat people. So if you notice, even if we, when walking around with talking to people and all this other stuff, I'm not going to give you that negative first. Even if you could tell me, yeah. like, don't talk to my sister. She's trash. She's not going to, she's going to be so ignorant to you, blah, blah, blah. I will still go talk to your sister as if she's not trash, as if she's not, you know, all of that yeah. stuff, because that's your stuff. You give her a fair chance. Exactly. And so when you gave, when you gave that young lady the opportunity to talk, even if it was gibberish, what you did was you were like, let me, you know, let me come over here so you can hear me because I can hear you. That's what you said. You wanted yeah. to be intentional, but you didn't have to. There's a lot of people who would have just ate their food. Hold up. Did she like me because I did that? Yes, because people, people have, because oftentimes you'll find that if a man now. is not looking at, you know, your ass or he's not, you know, yeah. looking at your boobs or he's not like, you know, telling you how fine you are because I be getting that all the time, like. You know, biting your lip and stuff like, I, ew. <laughs> you feel me? Because at the end of the day, yes, you might be able yeah. to have sex very well, sir. But what I'm going to do with you after that? But that's not what they be thinking about. Have sex again. Right, but you can't sex me for the rest of your life. Don't try. Don't challenge a man to that. I know, but I'm not going <laughs> to. So, you know. But that's a, <laughs> but that's, <laughs> but that's my point, right? So if yeah. anything happens, then what do we have left? If that's all that we have. And mm-hmm. so, you know, yes, she did feel like you were you were attracted to her in some way because you were trying to listen to her. That has to be something that is magnetic. Like you said yeah. to me, me listening to men makes them more attracted to me. You listening to women definitely makes them more attracted to you because a lot of men don't listen. I got to listen more. I didn't know that was the key. Yeah. So, well, I think it's, it's one of the keys <laughs> for sure. And I think that, that there's yeah. some, an intimate approach that you're adding to you know, listening. So you're listening to comprehend, not just to respond. I just be genuinely interested. Well, like, most people not just interested in a relationship, but just interested in the person. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a sucker for stories. Mm-hmm. So I just be real interested in your stories, like just seeing where your head is at, seeing who you are as an individual. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, I think, you know, yeah. it's, it, I think that that's, that is one of the keys. So I think, you know, especially um, because you are attracted to women, that would be something that you lead with. If you find that there is a woman that you are attracted yeah. to, just have a conversation with her first. And you'll find out if she thought too hottie and she ain't really necessarily trying to have a conversation. She trying to jump the I usually find that out. Women, don't, with, women ain't like that listening. with me, though. Because you're listening. It's not too many. But I know. I don't think I've met too many women like that with me. Mm-hmm. Like trying to jump the bone. Well, most uh-huh. I don't know that a lot of women are like that. But I just I'm just telling you. Like no, I've seen you it. Can find I've some witnessed things it. Out. Just not with me. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. But 
I think that that's good. I think we've concluded. No, nah, I had some questions, but we can conclude. Oh, you can listen. Tell me, tell me the questions. I want to hear them. All right. So, friends with the opposite sex. I was like, do you find it to be difficult? To, to have, be to yeah. have you as a friend? Yeah. No. So, what about the other friends you said you had? Mm-hmm. Am I, do I find it difficult that to be friends? They're with not them? friends anymore. The I ma- don't the have males, a lot of fallout. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. So with those situations, I think it was a reciprocity that that became the issue. So uh, we would start off as friends. Like we, like when I was in high school, I would talk to guys on the phone and stuff like that. But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't. It never really lasted, and it wasn't because like they crossed the line or anything like that. I think it was just you know that interest or something like fell off or fell apart. And I think for me, I'm not like a chasing person ever. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, for men, there's that there's a detention span, you know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when he's like, you know, squirrel, you know what I mean? He sees <laughs> something else. <laughs> then he goes and he finds something else. Because with me, I'm not, I, I don't, I know my value enough for me not to feel like I have to keep your attention. And I'm definitely not doing a tap dance so that you can continue to be interested in me. So usually that's what happens. And in the case of like me being cool. So was it like a real friendship or was it, do you feel like they had some kind of intent? For that time, you know, because we, I mean, it wasn't like we was having sex or we were dating. Like they were legit people who like I went to school with. Or I was cool with like again. I allow the men the men to speak. Yeah. I set a a space for them to speak. It was you know, that's just always how I've been. So no, I wouldn't say it was difficult, but I just would say that it wasn't long lasting. All right. How do you how do you respect the other person? Like, do you feel like there has to be? Well, of course there has to be boundaries. Mm-hmm. But do you do you feel like? You had to set boundaries with me. Yes. And that was I actually saw. on that note that I deleted today. That I think that in in, in having See, friendship with <laughs> Yes. In having friendship with somebody of the opposite sex, you have to you have to create boundaries. Yes. And the reason why you have to, and then people just don't believe this because of us, uh, because they really honestly believe that we have like some under the table like <laughs> hiding like, hiding from them. Oh, y'all really together, that type of thing. But <laughs> who feels like that? I don't know, child. No. It's annoying. But um I think when you do get into a relationship mm-hmm. that if you set the boundaries beforehand, then you don't have to set them after and the expectations of what was happening or the expectations change or yeah. you know, they become different. So AJ uh, was in a relationship while we were friends. He's been in two since we were friends. And one thing I commend him for is one night he called me. No, he texted me. He said, I had something to tell you. And I, he knows I hate that, but he called me right after. <laughs> and so he was like, hey. I'm going to do that more often. Got to get you out of that. <laughs> Got to break you out of that. Oh, my gosh. Nah, go ahead. He was like, hey, you know, he was like, as much as I – you know, adore our friendship and I, you know, would love to continue to talk and all this other stuff. He was like, I have to set a boundary. I have a girlfriend. We're just, I'm just not going to be available as much um, yeah. as I was before. And I said, this, you know, thanks. Thank you. Now, could I say, no, that's not what you said. what I say? You was like, you had told me you expected this. Yeah, he was it like, wasn't I'm actually, like, I'm actually surprised it took this long. 
Yes, it will. Mm. I said that, and then I also mm. said that I pray that this is a conversation that, you know, if I like, if if my boyfriend or somebody had a yeah. friend of the opposite sex, that this is a conversation that he would be so bold as to have with her. All right, so I'm gonna say this because she makes it sound all nice, right? So the girl I was talking to <laughs> wanted me to cut her off, and I was reluctant to do. It. I was like, no, it's like I'm not cutting her off because there's. That's not where we're at, mm-hmm. and so she's like, "Well, call one of your accountable, call one of your account- accountability brothers, and ask them this and that, such and such." And so, I called, I called my brother and had him on speakerphone, and he said, and he knows Dar, and so he was like, "If that's somebody, now this is the only reason he said this is because he doesn't have this type of dynamic with another woman, also." So I understand it, but I heed it. He said, "If that's somebody you're trying to work it out with." Then yeah, he was like, "Dog will understand." He said this while I had him on speakerphone. He said, "Dog will understand." He's like, "Dog is a grown woman; she'll understand." She'll, and I, so I was like, "All right, cool." And that's when I hit Dar and told her. Now, I was torn behind it, mm-hmm. but just because of our relationship, like I love this girl, and it's not. We just have we'll just that another day, mm-hmm. but we just have a real close, a tight relationship, and. Regardless of who I'm in a relationship with, I feel like our friendship will benefit the relationship. I believe whoever I get with, right, whoever I get with, if they can't be fine with you, then I don't know if they could be fine with me. Mm. Because I feel like you would benefit her more than you would benefit me. Like you probably start, you'll become tighter friends with her. And because you're you're a woman and like you're you're like an exemplar woman. And so you will benefit because you know me so well, like you she would benefit from a friendship with you because she's dealing because she's dealing with me and it would help take our relationship. So let me ask you this then. Do you feel like the way that you feel about me, especially after saying this little sort of exemplary thing, right? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like I stunt you from being able to then get any further? Because this is something that's been what, brought up with before. women. Yes, with the woman who you choose to marry. No, what you mean get go any further? Like, like stunt you from like if you feel like I'm like this exemplary no. sort of situation. No, so you say things. You saying do I think you're like the best woman on earth? No, like, so nobody <laughs> else could measure up. No, I don't think that. I'm saying, are but you saying I'm is saying that what I'm when yeah, I'm thinking? Yes. No. Okay. So there's because that's, that's almost come eight, up before. There's almost eight billion people. Yes, on this, on this earth, planet. Thank right? you. So I don't think that like you're the best woman in the world. Mm-hmm. But I do hold you at a high regard. Yeah. And but I think I, feel like that's I think how, it's fair. Yes. And you've so you've shown me that a woman of this caliber is in existence. Mm-hmm. So why would I settle for something so far less? Mm, I can understand that. But I think that's the question that I have been asked on multiple occasions. Like, you know, are you really giving the man who is supposed to be your husband a chance if you have this man who is supposed to be, you know, your best friend mm-hmm. in the way? And so what I said is, in my mind's eye, it's not a competition. It's because not. where he's going to go is where you're, like, you're not even going to be able to access it. And exactly. you haven't. 
right? Um, and I feel like that's what I've been saving, you know, this whole time. But that's mm-hmm. not something that I can explain to a man. That's something that he will have to live. But if he's yeah. already coming in threatened by who you are, not knowing who you are, he not trying knows. to get to know exactly. Because yeah. to me, AJ, what y'all don't understand is AJ holds me accountable to, you know, my relationship with God. That is something that I am looking for in my husband, period. But Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to him having his own relationship with God and being in love with God because I said... That's the only way he could hold you accountable is if he had his own. Exactly. And that's the only way Mm -hmm. he'll really find me. Yeah. There's a level of him understanding God, him, you know, having that sort of level of accountability, him being, being in love with who God is and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, that will allow some things in me to really be uncapped, that, yes. it, that are capped to you, to, to any of my other friends, mm-hmm. um, because I don't want it to come out until I have reached that, you know, that yeah, level. It's reserved for, yeah, which so, is understandable. Yeah, so that's what I try to explain it. But see, anybody who is so caught up in... So you can't explain that to somebody. Right. That's a God-given thing. Yes. That's a divine thing. Yeah. But that's how I know who he is. And that's the reason why I say, just as you say, that I honestly can't be with somebody who thinks that you're a threat right. to my relationship, because it, especially somebody who doesn't know who you are. But in order to know who you are, they have to know who God is and know that, like, at the end of the day, say what you said to me in that text about, you know, you, you being hurt. If you yeah. ever cross that line with me because of. No. Yes. No. Why? Because I'm not giving these niggas. <laughs> they they got to. I'm not giving them the, the, the ammo. They got to. the truth though. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> but how is it Cause, the ammo? Because somebody, go, they going to use that on you. They can't. Why can't they? They cannot. I'm telling you. They can't use it. If I put it out there. It's some manipulative niggas out here. It's the manipulation. But then again, you're vicious. still going off of. All right. No, so it's be. So my, I haven't had sex with my ex. I haven't had sex with the girl I was talking to, the two girls I was talking to, before them. Mm-hmm. None of my two exes, or my um. Well, no, I lied. So, because I, I feel like I've only been in two real relationships in my entire life anyway, like romantic ones. Mm-hmm. So my last ex and the girl I was talking to before that, the one that wanted me to cut you off, I never I never touched him, didn't have sex with him. And for me, I know God told me that your wife will be somebody that you never touched, mm-hmm. right? And because I know that this woman and the women I dealt with... <laughs> Whomever else, women are, I know that she's a child of God. There's no way that I could defile you. Mm-hmm. There's no way, I, because I love God and because I love you, there's no way that I could do something that'll mess you up with God. Mm-hmm. Like that would crush me to touch you in a way, to have sex with you or to do something in a way where it'll get me in trouble with God and get you in trouble with God and it will kill our relationship. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that would be something that I could live with. Mm-hmm. Like, if we was to never cross that line, I couldn't, it's no, I wouldn't be selfish enough to be like, well, let me at least try this with Dara. And then I I, I know for a fact it would destroy everything. Yeah. And I feel the same way. And I feel like. And my relationship with God, I'd be getting whooped probably for about 14 years afterwards. That's the part. 
And that's what I be trying to explain. But I know that that's, again, that's not something yeah. that I would tell the guy. That's something that God would tell the guy. That's something that don't even make sense to a lot of people. Like somebody's gonna hear this and be like, "Man, that nigga cabin." Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what they're gonna say. They're gonna think that it's BS, but also, he doesn't really answer to you. Um, mm. You answer to God. And you can ask my ex. Right. Well, I don't need to ask her. No, I'm not I talking wouldn't... about you. I'm talking about whoever think I'm cabin. Yeah, but so. you know. but Again. this is this is the thing, right? And this is I I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at this mm. because this is it's not even about friends. So I'm kind of reluctant about saying it, but with men. So I know this. I've witnessed women become weak for men, mm-hmm. right? I've been the strongest. Here. I know. I've seen it. <laughs> the strongest women. That's what made me realize it. Like when I seen my mother and I seen you, and I was like, "Dang God!" And he was. He, that's when he had. They're still women. Mm-hmm. Men are still. You are still leaders. That's. This is our responsibility in this earth, right? Mm-hmm. Women are our number one responsibility on this. I, I truly believe that. Other than living for God, protecting the woman, leading the woman, I think is our number one responsibility. Because after He created the man, He created the woman, and He created the woman for the man. So if I create, if you, if you are for me, there should be no reason I would want to disrespect you, dishonor you, or anything, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and this is a, I think this is a um, understanding beyond most people's brain capacity, mental capacity, right? Because if I'm saying that, why would I want to dishonor you if you're for me, right? People are not looking at it as if having sex with you before marriage or something is dishonoring you. Mm -hmm. Like, I've always looked at, even with things like oral sex, I've never wanted my girlfriends to give me oral sex because I always looked at it as, like, a dishonoring thing. Mm -hmm. Like, just to me, looking down and you doing that is just like, you nasty. You're definitely calling bullshit on that. (laughs) I have got. I'm not saying I. I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm not saying I haven't gotten it. But from my girlfriends, I was not recommended. I was like, like, nah, I'm Mm -hmm. good. That's that's just me. Mm -hmm. But I do not want to dishonor you in such a way. I don't want to defile you in such a way. And as men, we have as that being our responsibility, and us, we have that power over y'all. Like my last, I'm not putting nobody business out there, but I know women of God that were willing. To go to, to to that point with me, mm-hmm. and I had to be in my discipline. I had to be in my bag to not go there with them. Right. But because they're so, y'all are our counterparts, right? Mm-hmm. Because y'all depend on us to lead, even if you don't want to, even if you feel like you don't. Because you have that thing that you want to come alongside, that you want to be protected. Because y'all depend on us for these things, it opens you up to that and. If I'm not walking how I need to be walking, I could I could uh lead you into sin. I could lead you into something you shouldn't be doing. And that's why I say I can't I can't afford to mess up. I can't take their responsibility for messing up your relationship with God mm-hmm. for doing something I know that I wasn't supposed to be doing with you. Yeah. Understood. So that's what that's really what what keeps me from that. Mm. And like what really keeps me from even touching on you or anything mm-hmm. is just it's just that mm-hmm. it's not that you're not attractive like you said the guys be talking to you every day talking about your butt and all that and everything people call you cute and all but it's just i don't because that wasn't my intention in the beginning also because I, I touch my girls butts and all that i ain't but because that wasn't my intention in the beginning and regardless of how close we've gotten and how much we know each other now like I, it's still 
it's still that reverence, especially with us dating other people and all that. Like, for you to be able to tell your boyfriends that we've never kissed, we've never had sex, AJ never even touched my butt, and that to be true mm-hmm. with us being how close, that's almost unfathomable. Yes, I can't get it. They're just yeah. like, you're lying. Like, But I can say that it is true and that relationship is protected in that in that right. sense. Right. So. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, I guess um, at the end of the day, um, the reason why there aren't a lot of people who have this is this is my um, take is the reason why there aren't a lot of opposite sex relationships because I think that was one of the the mm-hmm. questions in the topic um, is because it's hard for us to communicate with each other being of the opposite sex and then also uh, because I think that we are always put into these positions where it's supposed to be like an attraction. Yeah. Um, and then I think the the attraction gets away. I think there are voids that get in the way. And I also think, you know, when you know who you are, you know your value and you know who God is, it keeps you from going into those forbidden spaces. Yeah. And I think kind of like like that's the biggest thing for us. Like we've we've been we haven't gone into those forbidden spaces because that's not what we've been led to do. Yeah. So, so don't don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I would say this. So you're an attractive woman. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I don't think you're attractive. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I, and I don't even know, this might just been from my life experiences, right? And so I kind of have a switch, which probably sounds kind of like, I don't want to say like insensitive or something. It might sound like asshole-ish or mm-hmm. something. But like I have a switch where, if I feel something is off limits, I cut it off. Mm-hmm. And it's, it could be to protect myself mm-hmm. or to protect my own ego or my pride. Or whatever. I don't know. But it's something where I'm just like, man, I'm going to cut it off and I'm not even going to entertain this no more. Probably because I don't want to get hurt. But it's ma- I feel like it's something that's necessary. Mm-hmm. And so like, if I feel like this is something that we work towards, that this is a possibility, I cut it back on. Mm-hmm. And then if it's not, click and i i don't does that make me cold i don't know if that's like no i don't think a lot of people have the emotion the emotional intelligence to be able to turn it off and turn it on though because that a lot of people sense. just aren't very real with themselves about what they actually feel what they feel like yeah yeah so that it's not possible to cut it off if you never recognize that it was ever on you know true uh but yeah no i don't i i never feel like there's a level of insensitivity that you aren't always jumping my bones or trying to be with me or anything like that that you never cross <laughs> jumping my bones i don't think that it would work <laughs> because i really wouldn't be like attracted to that yeah i'm not i'm not attracted to men because they say i'm attractive that's just to me that is just the most superficial yeah i don't think it, yeah it just doesn't work that's out been that a way. big thing lately like i've been hearing a lot of women Say that later. Well, that you don't just. I don't even know why that's being verbalized so much right now. Whether but, like you're beautiful, you're. Nah, saying what you just said, like I'm not attracted to men that says I'm pretty, I'm beautiful. Yeah, it's not but, because I mean we like to hear it, but I mean, we it's also the first know... thing we notice. That's why it's being verbalized, though. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, and it's not to say that we don't like to hear it, but that's not to me. For me, I'm just saying that's not what makes me open up. That's not yeah. what makes you get to what you want to get to. Um, I have to look at you. And men don't be ready for me to look at them, but I be looking at them. Mm-hmm. And I have give myself time to do that because, again, 
like That's you me. said with the you know you not touching and deflowering or whatever the case you know your exes I have this way where I'm like you know forget 90 day rule but I'm getting to know who you are like without the sex yeah. on the table because if I can't get to know you without that, then it's not going to be anything with it. Like, it's just not. I think that's the biggest thing. And yeah. I, at first, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to lie. At first, mm-hmm. I didn't. But now I think that's the biggest thing because looking at my married buddies and everything, they, everybody say like, there's going to be a time where you ain't, it's going to be a drought. Yeah. And a lot of men, yeah, I think that's you. the reason why it's like, it's a push, mm-hmm. right? Because I've heard that, like, you know, you have a lot of sex before you get married. Then when you get married, it's like, you ain't going to get none yeah. because life is like happening and so forth and so on. I'm like, nigga, that's because you did it backwards. I was just about to say that because if you don't have <laughs> anything to compare it to, then what are you really saying? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not realistic. And that's not to say that we don't love sex, guys. Like, we're not like, you know, prudes or anything like that. You know, my thing is, I just know that sex isn't everything yeah that's it that's just that's what i'll say and it may be everything to you and i'm not here to judge you know hey if you love sex then you love sex i do too it's just not the very best thing that i can have in my entire life yeah the best thing i can have in my entire life is a fruitful long-lasting relationship with great sex yes i'm about to say it's up there on my list oh yeah yeah. it's like No, 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 it's there. <laughs> it's there. It needs to be there. But sex hey. is to me, sex is me is the cherry. Nah, I and cherish, the cherry is the best part. I, I cherish the relationship more than I cherish the sex because mm-hmm. you can have good sex in such a terrible relationship. Oh my goodness, yeah. And that's what I I think for me, and I heard this from Hezekiah Walker some years back on this documentary called The Scroll. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know why, but it stuck with me so much. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to live, I'm going to die by this. And he said, He's been divorced from his first wife, right? And he was like, I'll never again get married for love. Mm. And he was like, I don't believe that people should marry for love. And I'm listening to him. I'm like, I get that because I don't, it's not, I don't get that lubby-dubby feeling like fantasy world. Like, I just want to live in this. I don't get that. Mm-hmm. Like, the love that I have, I don't even know how to explain it. It's not, I don't want to say unconditional. Or whatever. I don't know how to explain it, but it's just a, like a, like a connection, but he said, I don't believe people should marry for love, but for relationship. Mm-hmm. And I stand on that because I feel like if we have a good relationship, like the sex is not even gonna matter. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be there, but it's not gonna matter if it's not there. Mm-hmm. Like if we have a good relationship, that's what takes us into building businesses. That's what takes us into caring for our family together. That's what takes us into ministering to the world together and because we have a good relationship i believe the relationship is the foundation of everything like even even well we'll hit whether because that was one of my questions too like do you start as friends then become romantic or do you start with romance and then become friends or which way that is but i believe that having that relationship having a friendship with your spouse like just being able to have that genuine relationship that's not based on romance but you do get a romance out of it but just having that basic foundation of a relationship i believe that's what sustains you through all of it like the romance is a byproduct of it the sex is a byproduct of it like everything else that that benefits well everything else that comes is the benefit of having that relationship And maybe that's a man response, but I think romance is really, really important for us as women. I think one hundred percent. Yeah, I think that the romance. I think I don't. I can't say which one is better or which one is more important to have first, 
But I can say that romance is like a huge part of, you know, us being it's it's almost like that we do have to have that feeling. Like oh, they, y'all don't need to have that feeling, but we do have to have that feeling. If oh, we I don't, know. then we're functioning in something completely different. It's almost mm-hmm. like, you know, I could just work with you for real. But when you have that romance, you have that like, you know, tingling feeling, oh he mm-hmm. makes me feel da 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 da. Like that's the part that really is the 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 that the part it that doesn't gets last us. though. It doesn't, but I think it's important for us, oh. like especially in the beginning. You know, we have to have that level of romance. We do have to have, you know, relationship. But you gotta make me feel something when you come in the house. I want to be like, oh, my baby's here. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and I want to spend time with him. I don't want to be like, oh, you know, this nigga here. Like, hey, what's up? You know what I mean? Because that's relationship. Like, I can really that ain't that. nah. That ain't relationship. I mean, it's it a relationship. But it like, I could give you a, a a smooth hug and be like, all right, I'm about to be upstairs. That ain't you know what I'm talking about. That but I'm just saying, like, yeah. that's if you take all of that out. But the romance to me. That's I mean, me, that, that'll me. happen. That'll happen. I mean, that is. I don't even think that's bad relationship, but that'll happen. I like, didn't say know, it was bad, when the romance, but that's relationship. When the romance isn't there, at least you still have that, and the romance can come back. Like, yeah, nobody... that's what I'm saying. You yeah. have to have that, though. Yeah. I think it's, it's it's so essential. Like, I don't know. I'm not saying I don't want romance. I, I just don't think it's that necessary for you. What? So it is. you know my... Yes, hell yeah. But you said that you would... Oh, you no, know, you just said you want to marry for romance. No, I said I'm not gonna marry for love. I'm gonna marry I mean, for the re- for the relationship. I believe the relationship is the foundation of it. Mm-hmm. I hell yeah, I want romance. You know, I told you, my physical my love language is physical touch. Mm-hmm. Like I I just love physical touch. Like I like getting my hair washed. I like just this. Mm-hmm. I like that's just me. I just from a woman. Mm-hmm. I just I just love physical touch. I want I do want the romance and everything. I'm not the the best at it. Right. But I do want that. Like, I, I want to have, I'm not saying I don't have, like, the, I don't know, what you, what you call the feeling? The fuzzy feeling the or whatever. I don't know. I I'm not that. saying I don't have that. I'm just saying it's not, it's definitely nowhere near as close as it is, as it is to women. Mm-hmm. Like, women, like, thrive off of it and everything. Mm-hmm. I don't, I just don't make it so important. Okay. That I, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's important. It's important. It's just not as important as it is to women. Right. Yeah. Because I don't want that to be my what you say, how is it how I go, like end all be all or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't want it I don't I don't wanna get so caught up in that that I feel like something's wrong if it's not there. Mm-hmm. If that, that makes, makes sense. any sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that we've pretty much covered everything. Mm-hmm. Is it did you have any more questions or I think we good. I yeah. can bring anything else I can bring up later on. Yeah, so we want to invite you all to, you know, write in. We have established our email, and our email is? DeepSkydivingPodcast at gmail.com. Everything's spelled, spelled just exactly, like. Exactly, yes. Yeah, just like it sounds. Great minds thinking like, I was, that's what I was just about to say. Yeah, because yeah. I really don't want to spell it every time we have. <laughs> DeepSkydivingPodcast yes. at gmail.com. At gmail.com. So just write in mm-hmm. to us. Let us know. You know what you're feeling, what you're not feeling. Mm-hmm. We're we're good with all the comments, um, of course, um, because we understand that there are some things that again we w- we may not cover because we just don't think of it. Mm-hmm. But if you guys have anything compelling, if you want to, you know, leave a video, maybe a voice note, something like that, uh, things that have been revealed to you, we are all about, um, you know, featuring things like that. Um, we just want to make sure that you know we do the work. That we're reaching y'all. Yeah, we, you know, we, we, we want to know that y'all hear us. Yes. And we want y'all to be heard. Yes. And so the Instagram and the 
TikTok. We're going to get that going. Yes. Um, and the website. And the website. So all of that is coming soon, very soon. So do the Instagram is actually already up. Okay. It's popping. And so, yeah. And so you'll see. You'll hear from that soon. You'll see from that. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So in the meantime, what do we say we're going to do? We're going to make it work. We're going to make it work. Make we it love work. Y'all. Yep. Have a wonderful week. Deep skydiving.